I woke up this morning just sensing that God wanted to shift something. And God wanted to just rearrange certain things in our service today. And we're going to take a break from our Deep Beneath the Service, uh, Deep Beneath the Surface sermon series. And I'll explain a little bit better in a minute what, where my heart is leaning towards and why I believe we should do that. Um, and I asked the band to stay up here because I sense that God wants to really encourage some people in this room. I sense that God really wants to shift your heart towards his heart this morning. And I sense that God wants to remind you that he is for you and not against you. You know, when we talk about emotionally healthy spirituality and the subjects in this book, I understand that a lot of it is dense. Repeat after me, dense. Some of it is difficult to hear week in and week out. When we talk about journeying through a wall, when we talk about grief and loss, it's like, is this what Christian life is about? Like, God wanted me to say a few things and, and reminded me, Lucas, just remind the church what the vision is. The vision and the goal isn't this book. The vision and the goal isn't just EHS and EHR, emotionally healthy spirituality, emotionally healthy relationships. The vision, if you remember from our vision series, is to love well. It's to love God well. It's to love one another well. It's to love ourselves well. That's the vision. That's the goal. So guess what? Grief and loss, that is not your home. That's what Eric said last week. It's a big takeaway from the sermon last week. Brother Eric reminded us, grief and loss is not your home. A wall is not your home. Trials, tribulations, these things are not your home. They are not your foundation. We're running a a race towards love, abundant life in Christ Jesus. That's what he promised for all of us, and that's what we still believe in church. Can I get an amen to that? We believe in life and life abundant. One that it's supernatural in nature. We were called to something greater from glory to glory. It's something so much better than we could even fathom, than we could even taste. And so I'm reminding you this morning, church, the grief that you're facing, the wall that you're journeying through, that is not your destination. That is not the end. Our vision is love, loving God well, loving other people well, loving ourselves well. And our mission is none other than teaching that truth, empowering people towards that truth, influencing people, all people towards that truth. And I want to remind you what our core values are, church. Our core value isn't grief. Our core value isn't a wall. Our core value isn't just losses. Our core value is the presence of Jesus. We prioritize the presence of Jesus above all things. And he is alive and he is well. And he is right 
beside us, journeying through everything that we go through with us. Another core value that we have is that we value the power of God, the manifestation of the power of God. And so today we're going to spend some time praying about a few things that I feel like we need to pray for. And we need to value some people because another core value is that we prioritize people over programs. I want to remind you that EHS, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, I keep saying it's going to be an integral part of our culture, but it is just a tool. Turn to somebody next to you and say, it's a tool. It's the means to an end. It's not the destination. It's not the end. It's not the end all and be all. You guys with me, church? And we're going to continue journeying through some stuff. I think what this book also challenges us to do is to see the full counsel of the word of God and not just pick and choose the happy little moments and call that the fullness of our spirituality. It challenges us to really go deep and really challenge our perception of what our walk with God is. It challenges the name it and claim it and the prosperity and everything is perfect. Because how many of you know everything is not perfect? But how many of us still know that Jesus is powerful to do exceedingly and abundantly more than we could even imagine? Ron, that word is for you, brother. And it's for each and every single one of us that walked into this room today. And those of you that are going through school and having a hard time just juggling so many things, so many competing, uh, you know, competing agendas. And how many of us find it hard to deal with our anxiety and the many things that come our way. Today, I want to spend some time just lingering in the presence of God and just just prophesying over each other and just encouraging one another and praying for one another. I want to start off this moment by acknowledging, you guys remember a few weeks ago, we had some of our sponsors from the Astoria Cleanup. How many of you guys remember that? Um, up here, and we we acknowledged them and we thanked them. Uh, but at in that day, our very own sister Lucy Coelho wasn't here to accept our appreciation, our certificate of appreciation to the Latino Employee Resource Network of JLL. And so, I wanted us to just warmly welcome Lucy up here. If you guys could just give her a warm welcome. We want to say to you publicly that we appreciate the work that you guys did. If you guys don't know, that lunch that we all had, over 90 volunteers had for free, was because of their sponsorship. They sponsored, they had allocated about $1,200, $1,200 to help us put that lunch together. So can you give them another round of applause for the work that they did? And so we wanted to thank you, Lucy. We wanted to thank you for partnering with us, all the volunteers that also came. And so this certificate of appreciation says, um, the Latino Employee Resource Network of JLL, for your meal sponsorship and for convening volunteers, without which the, success of the successful street cleanup in Old Astoria would not have been possible. 
And so it's signed by Richard Kuzami, the old Astoria Neighborhood Association director, and yours truly, Pastor Lucas. And so I, I thank you from the bottom of our hearts from Family Church. You've been um, an inspiration. Your story is inspiring. Uh, you carry with you a weight of responsibility, but one that you carry what seems to be effortlessly and gracefully. And so we just pray that God would encourage you in that. Can you just raise your right hand towards Lucy right now? And let's just declare over her the strength of the Lord as she continues to be a marketplace missionary. God, we just declare over Lucy right now, Lord, the full armor of God, the full armor of God, Lord, that she's able to extinguish the, 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 the arrows, the flaming arrows of the enemy, Lord, and that you would strengthen her, Father, from the, the tips, the tip of her head to the sole of her feet, Lord God, that she would sense, Lord, that you are for her, you are not against her, that she's been planted in that place, in that location, Lord, in this time, in this era, Lord God, for such a time as this, you've called your daughter, our sister, Lord, to be a marketplace missionary, we pray that you would be strengthened in that, that she would find fullness and realization in that, that she is not less than because she's not constantly on a microphone here at church, but that she's going and making disciples of all nations through her work. We just declare this word of encouragement over her. that no weapon formed against her would prosper. Lord, we pray for a hedge around her family, a hedge around Lord Juberto, Lord God, and Summer and Bruno, Lord, and Janine and Peter, Lord, and their descendants, Father, their legacy. We just declare, Lord, a lineage of men and women that love you, God, beyond the four walls of the church. We declare this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen, church. Can you put your hands together? Thank you, Lucy. We love you. Hallelujah. How many of you understand God is in the house? You know, one of the things that we say often, we like to plan our services well. How many of you sense that when you come to family church, the services have a sequence to them? Isn't that kind of nice that it's not kind of all over the place? Do you understand what I mean? No, just two of you. Well, I've been to church services sometimes where it just seems like, you know, they didn't think too much about it. So we like to spend some time thinking about transitions and who's going to do what and a seamless service. And we, we say that if you fail to plan, then you're planning to fail. But we also submit to the Lord and say, Jesus, wreck the plan if you'd like. And so that's what's going on today. My brother, Diogo, has an awesome sermon about Sabbath for chapter 6 of this book, prepared. And because he leans towards the voice of the Spirit, when I spoke to him about doing this this morning, he says, I trust you. I'm paraphrasing, but his attitude said, I trust you. Go for it. Do it. And here we are. We prioritize also as a core value here prayer and spiritual disciplines. And so we want to practice that today. And we, 
We also prioritize, like we said, valuing people over programs and things. People are more important than services, courses, programs, EHS, EHR. These are just, so EHS, again, is not the goal. It is a tool, and the goal is to love well, is to love well. The next person I want to call up is Ron. Come here, bro. Yeah, you. You're the only Ron in the room. I haven't done this before. Uh, just come closer. I'm not going to bite you, I promise. Um, but Ron recently lost his job. I don't know if you guys remember that we helped him find a job. And he kept that job for over a year. And in a way that I feel was unfair, he lost his job. And he's been battling through a lot of anxiety and and sadness over it. And sometimes I don't know if you've spoken to Ron, if you had a, a chance to really get to know him. He has a heart of gold. And he has a heart for this house and for the people here. He loves being here. Anytime that he can, he's here earlier than most of us. But my wife turned to me today very moved. And she said, we need to lift an offering for Ron. So I want to ask you, if Diogo, if you, Dizzy, if you could get an envelope in the back, one envelope. And Ron, listen. We want to give you a gift. Are you okay with that? Um, something that says you're loved by this church. Do you understand that? That we love you not because of anything that you do, but just, just because of who you are here. We've come to love you. So Dizzy's going to pass this envelope around, and you're going to give... As much as you can to encourage Ron this morning. And this is a gift that we're making to the community that Ron also represents for his family. And if you've given already, can you just close your eyes? Lord, we thank you for your child. Lord, we thank you for who he is as a part of our family, Lord God, that you've brought him to this place, Lord God. That he's come such a long way from the first time our church had an encounter with him at the skate park, Lord. We thank you for the heart that he has, the people that he represents, 
And we just declare over him, Lord God, again, that no weapon formed against him would prosper. That he's more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. That every chain would be broken, Lord God. Every cycle, Lord God, in his life that keeps him bound, we just declare it broken in Jesus' name. We declare over him, Lord God, a new future, Lord God. We pray, Father, for strength, that his feet would be quickened, Lord, to seek another job, Lord God, that we would be there to help him as we were before. In any capacity that we can, God, we just declare, Lord God, open doors, Father. We believe, God, as a church that we are called to be the light and to prophesy light and prosperity over the darkness around us, Lord God. And so we just pray that Ron would be like a beacon of light in his community, Lord God, that as we shower him with unmerited favor, unmerited grace, the same way that you've lavished it over us, God, that he would be both a sign and a wonder to all that is around him, Lord God, to every person around him. Why did you receive this gift, they'll say. And he's going to say, I don't know, but they seem to love me. We just pray, God, that this would communicate love, Lord, with more than just words, but through actions, God. Father, give us a heart. Give us a heart for this community because there's so much more, so much more that you want, Lord God, for us to do and to be in this community, Father. We just declare, God, that we are ready. We are ready. Quicken our feet. Stir our hearts, God. Prepare us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, church. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Next item on this sort of random schedule today is um, I believe very strongly that if we are a church that loves well, we welcome everyone in this place and in our church family. I also believe that if you go and you attend a church where you can leave your belongings unattended, that you're going to the wrong church. I'll try to explain what I mean by that. If you go to a church where you can leave laptops, where you can leave your wallet, where you can le- and it doesn't get stolen, <laughs> seems like everybody is redeemed and sanctified and saved. But as we welcome different people and as we welcome all in this place, guess what happens with us too? We have to be more vigilant. There's been two laptops stolen in the church recently. And this is for me to tell you, yes, as a church, we need to be more vigilant. Turn to the person next to you. And say, you got two eyes for a reason. Be on the lookout. Amen? Love well. And that also involves being vigilant. Watching out for your stuff. Don't leave your belongings unattended. Just be careful. Don't be afraid to ask, hey, why, why are you here right now? 
in this location when everyone else is somewhere else. I pray that that would quicken maybe some strong men in the room or strong women that want to start some kind of security ministry in the church to do so if God stirs your heart that way. So I wanted to say that. Let's be vigilant. Amen? With our stuff, with our instruments. And if stuff is getting stolen, I think we're doing something right. I think we're allowing people in who need to be here. Can we have that kind of heart, church? A heart that welcomes all and that involves welcoming those who need the, salva- the, the, the breakthrough of the gospel that only the gospel can provide. The other thing I want to bring up today is that this week is the week of Halloween. And I want to remind us of a few things that I find in Scripture Ephesians 6.11 says, Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against authorities, against the spiritual forces of evil. Repeat after me. Spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand. Jesus also said in Luke 10, he sent out the 72 disciples to cast out demons, to raise the dead, to proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God. And when they come back, we see this. We see that they're so happy and overjoyed and they said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. And in verse 18, Jesus says, I saw Satan fall like the light, like lightning from heaven. And I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. Remind you, remind the person next to you again, and we're going to be doing this a few times. Nothing will harm you. That was weak. Nothing, church, is going to harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. With that, I want to say a few things. Satan and his demons are real beings. Satan and his demons are real beings. The scripture we just read in Ephesians 6, they remind us that these demons are in heavenly, that these beings are in heavenly realms. Not to say that they are in heaven, but what the scripture is telling us is that they are of heavenly or spiritual nature. And they've been around much longer than humans have. And they are of a higher order than human beings are. But the scriptures also remind us, Jesus' own words remind us, that all authority has been given to Jesus. And through Christ, nothing can harm us. 
nothing can harm us. The scriptures also tell us, Jesus says, when he's edifying the church, that the gates of hell would not prevail against the church of Christ. And I want you to have this image in your mind of gates and the gates of hell. We sometimes think that the church is playing defense. Repeat after me, defense. But what the scriptures are telling us is that the church is actually in the offense. We are charging against the enemy. It's the gates of hell, and gates are a structure of defense. Hell is threatened by you because of Christ in you. I want to remind you, hell is threatened by you because of Christ in you. And yes, human beings are in lower order and been around less than demons, but because of Christ in us, we can stand and charge against the gates of hell. We are not on the defense. We are on the offense. We are the ones charging against the gates of hell. And church, you need to feel empowered by that because of Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's the Holy Spirit in you that enables you to charge forth. I want to encourage you with that word this morning. And that the enemy, he's slick and he's got a kingdom that has strategies and positions themselves. There, there are different, just like the kingdom of God, there is this kingdom of evil, the kingdom of the air. And we know that this world functions with a lot of the influence of the kingdom of darkness. That's not something we can hide from. This is a, just a reality of what we live. We have to remember this. But we are not scared by it. You know, and every single day the enemy's at work. And there's this one day of the year called Halloween. Where I believe very strongly that the enemy wants to use that day to do two things amongst many others. One is to trivialize darkness and make pretend like it's just play, fun, and games. Like it doesn't really matter. What's the big deal? I'm dressing up as Freddy Krueger or I'm dressing up my little kids as this, you know, little Chucky who's possessed by multiple demons. It's just fun and games and we trivialize darkness. And we make pretend that these things aren't real. How many of you are with me, church? But then the second thing that the enemy does is with people like us, where scripture tells us we are on the offense and not the defense. Jesus himself tells us that nothing will harm us, that we have to put on the full armor of God. And what do Christians do? Instead of understanding who we are in Christ, we hide Hide your children, hide your wife, the enemy is at loose. Go into hiding. Turn off all your lights. Go to the basement. And I joke around sometimes with my parents because for about two years when we moved to the States, influenced by other people of this kind of 
you know, mindset, that's exactly what we did. We shut off the lights and we hid in the basement doing fun Christian things. I'm glad on one side that they didn't trivialize darkness for me. That I had a notion of good and evil. And I'm happy for that. I prefer that you err on the side of caution than you do just throwing your children into the lake of fire, quote unquote. But at the same time, my parents then had a shift in their mindset. And we started to use this time, instead of being scared of the witches coming at our door, that we would take this time to give, to outreach, to create relationships and bonds. And I learned that with my parents, with little tracks that we would give, along with the multitude of candy that we would give people. And that started to shift a mindset in me, one that I want to carry forth for generations to come. And I want us to embody here as a church. Church, Halloween is not a day to trivialize evil and darkness. It's not. The enemy is real. But I also know that Christ is real. He is alive and he's greater than he who is of this world. Christ in me is greater than he who is in the world. And so, yes, on Halloween, we are going to come together as a church. After work, I plan to come here, and I want to start praying with whoever is in the room. We're going to pray together that others would see Jesus in us. And we've put together, I wanted to ask Chris Barbosa to stand, and I wanted to give him a round of applause. Can you just put your hands together for Chris, and I'll explain why. Chris this year accepted the challenge of coordinating our Halloween outreach. Halloween at Family Church is not a day of hiding. It's not also not a day to celebrate as everyone else does. It's a day to demonstrate love, which is our vision. It's a day to outreach. It's the only day of the year that our community actually leaves their doors Everyone is on the streets, and they come here. And our church has become known as the church who gives the life-size candy bars, the king-size candy bars. Even if we don't have king-size candy bars this year, I don't know if we do or not, but we do have lots of candy. Huh? Oh, this year's queen-size, my wife says. The point is, people come. They come. We give. We've given over 80. We have a lot of candy to give this year. And so we encourage you to come with this mindset of embracing. And we give out Bible verses. And people have said to us, oh, I love the inspirational quotes that you give. I put it on my refrigerator. And so that we would teach our kids We are not like everyone else, but we love everyone else. And we use this time to embrace people. So for you, church, I pray that you would come with that mindset. The idea is to get get here around, I want to say, 7 p.m. 
which is a reasonable time. You don't want to get here late because nobody goes out trick-or-treating at 9 p.m. or 10 p.m., okay? The parents want to go out around 6.30, 7 o'clock. We're going to gather here around that time. So 7 p.m., we're going to pray together, and then we're going to start out our outreach. We're going to have some music playing here in the space. We like to open the doors of the church so that they can actually see that there's a space in here that's welcoming and inviting. And we're going to engage with the community, hug people. We don't have to, other than hugging and giving candy, you don't have to give them full dissertations. You don't have to cast out demons in front of them. We do that here while we pray, okay? And then with them, we engage in love. We engage with a smile. We put, you know, I've done this many times, held a child, put my hand over his head. And without the mother knowing, I'm saying, you are a prophet amongst the nations, prophesying life and truth and prosperity over that child. You are not Freddy Krueger. You are not Chucky. You are not this, that, and the other. The enemy has no uh, power over you because here we are as a church doing what we're supposed to do. Woo! And so we're going to declare this. We're going to spend some time right now praying. I believe it was the second song that says worthy. We're going to sing that song again. And we're going to stand to our feet. And you're going to say, Jesus, you are worthy of Astoria. You are worthy of this place. And put your mind and your heart and your focus on what we are going to do on Wednesday. Even if you can't be here, put that outreach before the Lord right now. Put that outreach before the Lord. Jesus, you are worthy. You are worthy of our community. You are worthy, Lord God, of our outreach time, Lord. And we just declare, God, that the gates of hell here in Astoria will not prevail against your church. Your church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.